What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Verzi Effect Podcast Show. My name is Paul Verzi. You guys are listening to episode number 83, and today is Saturday, October 27th, 2012. And I am sitting in one of my favorite places to do my podcast, upstairs in my house. Um, I have like this area between the master bedroom and the bathroom that is just a cool place to sit and it's got a nice sound thing. So um, I'm chilling here. I'm in a great mood because I slept like a fucking, I don't know what the word is for sleeping good. Like you eat like a king. I don't know. You sleep like fucking Snow White, whatever it is. I slept. Here's what happened, and I'm I'm really excited about it. So I got a little pep in my step right now. But my mother-in-law took the kids until tomorrow. So she got the kids Friday evening, and it was like 7 o'clock when we dropped them off there. We're doing some family stuff tomorrow. I have to work tonight, but... Last night, I got home, and I passed out on the couch around 8.45, woke up a little before 2 a.m., stayed up for like two hours, and then went back to sleep and slept until 2 p.m. So I've literally slept for about 14 hours out of the last 16 or whatever, and it made me realize that there is a God in heaven, and things get better. I am rejuvenated. I feel great. And everybody with children who just needs a break and is working a lot and needs just time away, just do yourself a favor. Get a babysitter or or get somebody in the family that you trust, in-laws. Take the kids overnight one night and just force yourself to go home and instead of doing anything, just fucking lay down because it is everything that you'd hope it would be. And that's why I'm a little fired up today feeling good because I finally did get some fucking sleep. Um, On the annoying side... After I got up, we went to the supermarket to pick up some things, and because of this Hurricane Sandy that's going on, and I don't know, you people in the West Coast probably heard about it, but people on the East Coast are preparing again, once again, like the fucking apocalypse is coming. I went into the supermarket, people were buying, my wife, my wife is is, is just as guilty, my wife was buying cases of water, like, I'm telling you right now, if the fucking apocalypse came tomorrow... And we somehow survived it in this household. We have enough water probably until like I'd say we have enough water for a long, long time. I mean, it's ridiculous. But I always say this every year they do this with the storm. The store is not far from you. Like you can like if there was three feet of snow, as long as the store would be open, which in the area it is. And it's such a big, I think that it would be unless it was like, I mean, especially in an emergency situation, they'd have like one or two people try to get there to help people. But like you could, plus if, if worse come to worse, I'd fucking like, if my family was starving to death, I would just throw a cart through the fucking window and just start grabbing bread. (laughs) Start grabbing bread. You know, it's just the people go so crazy for this. And apparently this one is a bad one. So I don't want to make light of it, especially branches coming out. It ruined Halloween last year. I hope it doesn't do it this year because all I want to do is take my son trick-or-treating and shit. That's all I wanted to do was take my son trick-or-treating and we lost it last year because there were power lines that were live in the streets, whipping around, branches everywhere. Only storm of the year happened October 29th last year. And now we're looking at this shit again. But people are just going nuts. So I think the best way to do it is chip away at it. Don't get a lot of stuff. Guess the storm's going to hit Monday or Tuesday. I'm glad I'm not flying away or, you know, that's the last thing I need is like 
the airline to go, no, we think we find a window where we could get the plane up and get past it. Like, fuck that. I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do that. So everybody's going crazy for the storm, getting all their fucking muffins and water and, and, and you know, drinks and all kinds of shit that you get. It's just so funny because, like, you could see, like, there's this, like, panic in rich people. Like, I live, I live, you know, I'm not rich by any, by any means, but I live in a, I live in a rich area, um, of Westchester with great schools, and these people have a lot of money, you know, we were lucky enough, the market was bad, we got a nice condo here, but you see, like, these rich people, and, like, that's, like, the biggest problems that they have, it's, like, (laughs) making sure they got enough fucking butter for their bread when, when, when two inches of rain's coming, they're just running through, you know, like, what would these people do if the shit really hit the fucking fan? When they couldn't get in their Range Rover or sit in their, you know, 5,000 square square foot living room with like, you know, 1,000 foot ceilings. Like, what would happen if the apocalypse came? If the apocalypse came, you know who would survive and who wouldn't. It's just that simple. You just could look at some. You ever just look at somebody's walk? I could look. <laughs> I could look. I could look at somebody how they walk and be like that. That person is a survivor, or that person will be dead within the initial. Like you know, just throw somebody a basketball. <laughs> throw somebody a basketball, and be like, "Yo, man, just dribble for a second. Let me see you dribble, or let me see you take a shot." And you, you would know if that person had any chance of fucking survival whatsoever when it comes to like big deal shit happening. Natural disaster shit happening. Who would make it? Okay. I would fucking make it. I would make it because, you know. I think I'd make it because I'm fast. I'm resourceful. And one thing, I'm really not a big panicker when shit goes bad. Um, You know, unless it's something that I really can't control. But if my feet are on the ground and I think I could do something. I'm not saying I would make it. Definitely, but like if it was like surviving in the woods without food or doing some shit like that, I think I got I got some days in me. You know, I definitely know people that would just fucking be like, dude, I'm just going to lay here till I die. Like, go take off without me. Like, you know, in the movies when they're like, just go, just go. I'll leave the catch up with you. Just go. I just need to rest. And then like that basically symbolizes that they're going to die in the movie and you never see him again. Like, I wouldn't be that guy. I would be the guy to just go. And then probably eventually I'd get fucked, but I think initially I would be able to make it, you know, because I'd have that false hope and positive attitude where I'll just start scraping up a, like I would just start scraping down a, a one of those fucking twigs and get it sharp and think that I was going to stick it through a big boar's neck or some crazy shit like that. Like I like, like, like I'm Lord of the Flies. Plus I have a lot of false hope from watching movies. I used to make my wife laugh because like in movies when we see like drug dealers like ready to kill somebody I'd be like why doesn't they just run away like run away and and she's like yeah but they'll just shoot him if he runs and I'm like yeah but he could just like run away in like a zigzag line like in the cartoons (laughs) just get away from it um but no everybody's going nuts in this area about the storm and you know apparently it's going to be bad so we're going to stock up on some shit I just the panic is annoying just the way people are lining up and it, it just it's just fucking annoying to me. I don't know why. And people could say, oh, well, Paul, you're being a hypocrite. You were in the supermarket too. Yeah, but we were in the supermarket for literally, we went to the 10 or less items. These people were stocking up shit like, like this was the last, you know, batteries are important to have. You know, what's funny is this doomsday preppers. 
these people that dedicate their lives for like when the apocalypse is coming and they got these like underground stuff and all these guns and like all, all kinds of batteries and stuff. It, it's like it's like hoarders for the I I don't know just the people that like hoarding or like preparing for something bad. All of that just falls under the category of mental illness, like some sort of OCD, something fucked up. Now I'm not saying not being prepared. Is a, I'm, I'm not saying being prepared is stupid. You know, being prepared is... I've always talked about uh, John Wooden's famous saying where um, failure to prepare is preparing to fail. It's one of my favorite quotes ever. I think you do need to be prepared and stuff. But when it comes to just like, you know, making like a meat locker in your house downstairs, freezing meat, getting all kinds of batteries and like having like underground dungeons in case like, you know, a meteor hits the earth. I think that you could, you know... I think you could not do that and go to your kid's soccer game is all I'm saying. I think it, I think it gets to a point where it's a little fucking nutty and they make a show about it. Because they're making a show about anything. They're making a show about that. They're making a show about two-headed girls. They're making a show about, you know, uh, rich people, you know, fighting with other rich people like this housewives. It's not a fucking housewife. It's not a fucking housewife in New Jersey. Real housewife of New Jersey, driving a fucking Maserati, uh, a Jaguar, and fighting with other family members who also have Maseratis and Jaguars and mansions. Yeah, that's real. That's real in Jersey. How about the bitch sucking dick behind a casino in Atlantic City to make ends meet? Okay. Ten minutes in. Fired up, people. Fired up. I got my... um. Me and my wife went to go get pumpkins, and we went a little late. We went to get these pumpkins, and the pumpkin patch was at this local church. And, you know, we knew we were late because they didn't have the good pumpkins, and they kind of spread out the different sizes of pumpkins, and they tried to hide the pumpkin's bad side. You know, pumpkins are like people where there's like one side that's attractive, but then the other side that's not so attractive. They said that people have like one side that's like better looking. You know me, I definitely have one side that's better looking. I think if I'm looking straight ahead, okay, my left side is better looking. I don't know why. It just is. My left side's better looking than my right side. It's the same thing with pumpkins. Pumpkins, like they were hiding, like this pumpkin had all kinds of fucking holes on it and all kinds of nasty shit. And these people are actually walking around with a smile on their face. Like it's okay that if you, like, like it would be normal if you, but I almost wanted to pick up the worst one and bring it there just to look, just to see the look on the people's faces, right? Where they were just like to see if they could actually hold a straight face while you're getting this piece of shit pumpkin that's lopsided and bent and has holes in it and all kinds of acne, white acne, that shit that they get. But we ended up salvaging a couple of them. And we're going to do some pumpkin carving tomorrow and uh, spend time with the family. I'm off tomorrow, so it's going to be nice to spend time with my my kids and everything like that. Um, I've had a productive week, everybody. Hope you have too. And um, got more. I got more uh, comments. I believe more comments, more listeners on on um, on the on the podcast again. So thank you. But please, um, now that um, my podcast obviously has the most listeners in it than it than it's had since I've been doing this, um, please again go to the iTunes and I'll leave comments because I'm trying to get the Verzi effect in the top 100 and it, it's slowly moving up. But um, just like everything else, uh, not patient enough with it. So please uh, send your comments if you like the show and. Um, 
you know, if there's anything you'd like me to do or talk about on the show, I want to do that. I also want to, I'm going to be upgrading my system. Uh, I upgraded it for the, at, after the beginning of the, of the, you know, year and I'm going to upgrade it again, uh, to even get better equipment. And I mean, I'm not going to go crazy. I'm not going to pull a Joe Matteris where I need fucking Clive Davis to, you know, approve the sound checks. I don't need that. It's a podcast. I'm sitting in front of my computer and I'm talking to my, my friends, my fans, my supporters. I have a great time doing it. So I don't need a fucking sound booth and all kinds of shit like that, but I am going to upgrade it because the show's getting bigger and stuff like that. Um, so please go to the, you know, and, and send a comment. You know, if you listen, listen, here's how I look at it. This is a good way to look at it. If you listen to the show on a regular basis, that means you're already investing 45 minutes or an hour of your fucking time to listen to me, which I appreciate. I think you could fucking go to iTunes for not even five minutes and just be like, yeah, this podcast is fucking the shit. Or, I don't like this asshole. You know, he says epic too much and I don't like it. <laughs> But we got the pumpkins and the stand in New York City Comedy Club. Um, my new home comedy club in New York City is doing a pumpkin carving tomorrow for the families. See, that's what I'm talking about, man. It's really nice. So we're going to go down there as a family, 1 to 4 o'clock, and it's going to be a nice family atmosphere. We're going to be carving pumpkins down there. We're going to be eating really shitty bad food like tater tot nachos, which probably is... The most unhealthy thing, but my wife saw it on the menu. She's excited about it. They're gonna have um, pumpkin, uh, what cheesecake or or pumpkin pie cheesecake. They're going to have um, they got they're gonna have cookies. They're gonna have they got coffee ice cream. It's just fucking unbelievable, man. And I'm being disciplined. Give you guys an update on the weight loss, which is going great. I'm constantly dropping weight, and when I go into comedy clubs now and eat dinner, I go for the salad. I'm eating salad with grilled chicken. The stand has great salads. Other comedy clubs that really don't have like a kitchen like that, maybe I maybe I'm like getting a slice here and there. But um you know, I'm trying to trying to still be good. It's just really hard after a show late at night. So we got the pumpkins. We're going to get ready for that. I want to take my son trick or treat and it better happen. I want to watch some horror movies. I, I want to milk this Halloween experience because I'm enjoying this season right now a lot. I really am. And I'm going to try to milk this shit. Now, let's get into some... Um, I always like to throw something for, for, for comedians into this show. Um, or people who are really interested in comedy and want to know what the hell it is that we do all the time. Why we do what we do. All kinds of back. You know, that that's one thing that I think the podcast is really known for is that I'm trying to give people, give the public as much background shit, real shit that goes on, um, you know, behind the scenes uh, in the life of a comedian at comedy shows and all kinds of stuff like that. So something came up today with uh, my wife. I want to just preface this by saying my wife has never one time ever given me shit for a joke. And this next segment, I'm going to basically, for the next few minutes here, I'm going to talk, because I got other stuff I want to talk about. Uh, I want to talk, you know, talk some sports. You know, obviously I got some plugs. I just, you know, did some tapings for some things. So uh, we'll, we'll get into, we'll get into other stuff here in the podcast. But plus I gave you lucky fucking pigs extra 15 minutes on the last couple of podcasts. Okay. This one is going to be around 45 minutes because I'm going to be heading out to uh, Massachusetts in a little bit. Um... I'm doing the well, the third ever 
comedy series at the Well in Great Barrington, Massachusetts. Okay, that's 50-seater. I'm killing it, people. I'm fucking killing it. But, uh, no, my buddy's room, and I heard it's a great time, and I'm going out there, so I don't know how long I can do this show uh, tonight. I don't know if I'm going to get to an hour here, but I'm going to have this up for you guys so you guys can listen to it. All right? And uh, you have no excuse not to listen to this episode of The Verzi Effect because if you're on the East Coast, you're going to be locked in the house with enough water uh, for a decade and worried about a storm. And hopefully you have your laptops or your phones charged in case power goes out where you could listen to The Verzi Effect episode 83. So I better see good numbers with this. No excuses, people. Now, hold on, let me take a sip of my lemon-lime seltzer, which tastes fucking horrible, but it's good for a diet. Uh, vintage seltzer, people. Now, fuck that. I would never even talk about it because uh, I don't have any kind of sponsors here. These people got to pony up some fucking money if I'm going to talk about their product. Okay. Here's the thing. Comedians getting into arguments with family members or loved ones or wives or sons or daughters, things like that, for saying things that really the loved one didn't want them to say. Let's talk about this for a while. Never has my wife given me shit for it. Ever one time. Not, not I can't remember one time. Now, she's given me a look. <laughs> she's kind of raised an eyebrow. She's kind of, you know, like a quick little funny. But when I say never given me shit, never been like, you can't do that joke again. Okay, now I'm not going to mention names here. But I've heard from comedians and friends whose family members, girlfriends, wives said, I don't want you doing that joke. If you want to be with me and you want to be around me, do not do that joke. Now, one time I was at a dinner with my wife and, and friends and somebody was said to my wife, do you give Paul problems or will you ever tell Paul not to, you know? And my wife said, well, you know, if something was really uncalled for or something was, you know, really something that I didn't think Paul should say on stage, you know, I might have talked about this before earlier in the show, um, but that's probably when I had fucking twelve listeners. So I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about it now because something came up recently, and I've been told by comedians that I have a mean joke right now. I have a joke that's mean, mean towards women, half joking, you know, but like one that you know whatever. So anyway, so my wife says at the dinner, if my my husband says something that I don't approve of, you know, that's that's not cool. Then the other person says to my wife. Well, you know, that's his job. You really shouldn't. And I'm going, oh, fuck. And people are drinking wine. And I'm just sitting there. I have the night off during this particular dinner. And I'm just like, my wife's drinking. And she goes, well, no, no. And it just turns into an argument. I go, look, 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 look. We never had the issue, whatever. And she's been great with it. She's absolutely been great with it. Um, Now, recently, I'm doing a joke. And it's kind of mean towards women. I think it's fucking hilarious. I'm not going to stop doing it. I love doing it. I think it's clever. I think it's a good joke. I think in some weird, bizarre, crazy, absurd way, there's probably 10% truth to it. But it, it is a joke, and, and it's something that, you know, the crowd likes, and I, I really enjoy saying it. Now, my wife heard the joke, and my wife was just kind of like, I could tell she didn't really like it. But understanding that I didn't cross a line, and understanding that I kind of did it in a broad I did it about, like, in a broad way, like, you know, all women or, you know, jokingly, and she doesn't approve of it, but still never said, don't do it. Now, having said all that, I have to say 
that I disagree. I 100% disagree with any comedian who says, well, I'm going to say what the fuck I want to say. And if my family and my wife don't like it, that's too bad. And if we fight about that, that's not cool. I disagree with that. Okay. Because there are certain things that they can't control or help you say on stage. Okay. It's not fair to take something that's really, and I think the comedian inside them as they're on stage saying this and having this feeling inside, in their fucking soul, in their heart, while they're saying it, if they kind of know deep down inside, fuck, I probably shouldn't be saying this right now. Okay, this is just something that I probably, this doesn't even feel right. Holy shit, somebody's going to be upset with me then you don't do it because that's your gut saying, you know what, maybe you are over the line. And it isn't fair to certain people because certain people, you know, it's their life and who the fuck are you? But a good comedian and a comedian who understands this can find a way to talk about the topic in a, in a bigger, in, in, in a, just a wider, just a wider version, make it more broad, make it about everyday people and do that instead of, Oh yeah, this individual that I know does this. In my opinion, guys, and I know some people out there will disagree. In my opinion, they have the right to be upset with that. You know, they don't they don't have a microphone to speak. They don't have all they fucking do is go watch you and all of a sudden you're talking about something that they don't like. And if it's not done in the right way, I think that they have a right to 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 say shit. But my wife knows that I my meter for that, okay, my radar or meter on stage for what I really could push, and believe me, I push. And if any of you guys have seen me perform, and you'll probably see some some upcoming clips and some things where like, wow, I definitely say things that make you go, holy shit, did he just say that? But I do it in a way that I'm not disrespecting anybody that I care about, that care about me, or really putting somebody out there because I truly don't think that that's fair. And people always say, oh, well, do people get mad? No, they don't get mad because I'm not a fucking idiot. That's why. Because I get it. I understand what I should say. You know? It's even like, for example, comedian friends. We go up there and we talk shit and we riff on each other. And I'm not going to mention any names, but there's a comedian that I'm, I'm cool with. And we were doing the road together. This was a while back. And they started talking about me. And at first it was funny. But then I realized this person has taken it too far. This person is attacking me now. And I figured out why they did it. And I'll be very real and honest with the Verzi Effect podcast listeners like I always am. The reason they did the shit was because I fucking murdered and they couldn't follow me. That's why they did it. That's real. That's not fake. That's not me thinking. For any of you fucking people, that I'm not, I'm not arrogant. I'm not delusional. I have a bad set. I'll say I have a bad set. When I fucking murder, I'll say I murdered. Okay? This show, I murdered. This show was almost unfollowed. I don't give a fuck who you were. Okay? I did, I did 30 minutes or whatever it was, and I fucking destroyed the room. And to the point where they were like, is that the headliner? And the person got up after me and, and, and just went a little too far. And I kind of let it be known after the show. Like, you know, hey, man, like, you know, at first it was funny. Then you were just kind of taking it to like, you, it didn't have to go there. Not that they totally fucking just bash me or disrespect me. Because I wouldn't let that happen. I, I wouldn't let that happen. But it just was, it didn't feel right. It was like, dude, you didn't have to go there. But then I realized why they did it. They did it because it was a fucking tough act to follow. And so I kind of felt like, 
That's how a family member would feel. Like, if you joke or you make fun of some shit or, like, you know, for example, I'll say, like, oh, you know, um, you're talking about your wife and you're talking about how your wife and you got into a big fight because she wanted to go shopping and you wanted to stay home and watch the game. Something like that. This isn't a real joke. I'm just saying, like, you, as an example, it's one thing to say that and be like, oh, man, she was killing me. I just want you to do this. And you come up with a funny joke. But then if you're like, you know, you know, she always does this and, and she does this and she does that and I can't stand what she's doing. And all of a sudden you're like basically saying how much this person that's in your life, it frustrates you and upsets you and it puts them in an uncomfortable situation or you say something really disrespectful. How the fuck can they not be mad at you? You have to respect them for being mad at that. That's all I'm saying. But anybody out there whose girlfriend, wife, or if you're a female comic, a husband, boyfriend, says, I really appreciate you not talking about that, but it's nothing really personally attacking them, and it's a good joke. That's 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 your art. You need to do that. That's your craft. That's what you're trying to hone and get better at. That's not fair. You need to really look at the joke, you know? If you're a female comic and you're like, listen, dude, this guy I'm with, he's got a little dick. His name is Ted Smith. Ted Smith lives on fucking, <laughs> you know? Yeah, Philip Wilson, he lives on, um, yeah, I'm dating him. This guy's dick is like three inches. It's ridiculous, okay? I don't know if this guy's fingering me or fucking, I don't, you know, that's like fucking, dude, guy would fucking go to your house and start throwing rocks to your window, screaming, you know, I get that. That's different. But if you're just like, man, I was dating this guy, you had a little dick, (laughs) then leave it up to the dude to figure out if it's him or not. That's different. They can't mess with that. Oh, that was a perfect example. Perfect example. You lucky pigs. So, there is a fine line there, but I think a, a, a smart, logical person who's not an idiot can say, you know something, I that was not, you know, that wasn't cool. I shouldn't have said that. Or, And I'll, and I'll be honest, um, on my podcast, when I had, uh, I, I think, I had a guest on my podcast and I was talking about something and I realized, oh my God, I actually mentioned the comedian's name. I mentioned somebody on here. And I was just like, yeah, you can't, you can't. Like, as I, like, right after I was done, I was like, was that good? Was that cool? And I realized, no, it wasn't cool. And I had to edit it out. And what I should have did was say, I was working with this comedian once and this happened. Instead of saying, oh, I was working with fucking so-and-so and and he or she did this. That's not cool. You can't do that. You can't do that. It's not fair. It's not fair. And the person who does that deserves to get shit if it is something personal and you're hurting somebody's feelings or you're going too far with it. So that's what I'll say with that. So for anybody out there who asks, is it cool if you talk about this? Does your wife get upset? How does your wife? I've had my wife in like the front. I've had my wife in the very front of Caroline's when I was at Caroline's on Broadway in Times Square. Really nice, you know, you know, really nice crowd there. My wife was right there and I must have did eight, nine minutes on my wife. And she was right there, and she was smiling and laughing and understood what I was doing. And at no point did I ever do something where she was just like, actually, hold on, fuck. There was one time. One time when I first started, I was doing really just green amateur material. I was really new. I did a joke about jerking off. And I talked about jerking off and I said something and I had co-workers there. I had a job at the time and co-workers were there. And I just did this reference to jerking off. Like I called it like like burping your chimp or something. Like I just had this re- this crazy reference to jerking off. Like, And I think I said like burping your chimp. And I did it because I had mentioned that one time at work. 
like a funny name to say jerking off. I said burping your chimp. <laughs> and they lo- lost it at work. So then when they were at a show, I went on and said it. And my wife just kind of was like, what the fuck do you talk about at work? She kind of didn't like that one. But that's that, that was like, she's never really given me shit in my career. So anyway, so I'll leave it at that. All right. So I hope that was informative. I think people should know that. But actually, to be honest with you, Comedian fans are really, really like, I I hate to say this, you know, but a lot of people that go to comedy shows, the majority, unfortunately, I think are are pretty dumb. Unless you're going to a great comedy club where, unless you're going to a great comedy club that's been in it for like since the 80s or the 90s and they've been in it for a couple of decades now and they have their comedy purist fans that know everybody they know all of the podcasts they know of like all the venues that comedians they know even comedians that aren't hugely exposed on television like the real those people like they want to see a different comedy show I'll never forget I was in uh, Atlanta at the punchline and I was on stage and there was like a Mormon church there was like church people and I definitely pushed it but there were some things I did leave out and I remember leaving it out I talked about it on the show and I said damn it I'm never doing that again and there were two people in the audience that were such comedy purists and comedy nerds they knew everything and they were like oh my god we would have loved for you to do that and as soon as I heard that I realized yes those are the people I need to bring to me because the masses of comedy will get offended or they're just dumber that's really what it comes down to so that's why that I explain that okay moving forward we're a half hour in and uh, I have a long drive ahead of me. What am I doing? Why am I doing this so last minute? I don't care. And I'm not going to rush it. I'm going to stay here. You want to know why? Because my fans are the shit. My fans are the shit. My fans are good to get the fuck out of here. The Verzi Effect fans. These are the people, man. These are the people that are going to be there. I know who you are. Uh, that's why my show's growing. That's why my show's getting better. Because I'm talking about real shit. Alright. Watch, my numbers are going to dip and I'm going to be all humbled next episode. I'll be like, yeah guys, I just really appreciate every fan and nobody's dumb. And Okay. What do we want to get to? Haven't seen any movies, guys. Last one was Taken 2. And uh, like I said, Liam Neeson. Can't go wrong. I got to see this flight movie. I got to see this flight movie. Um, I'm going to be flying soon. So I'm going to see it, I think, when I get back. <laughs> when I'm not booked on a flight for a while. That's when I'm going to see it. And I will definitely do a um, deep, deep review of it. But I've been talking to a lot of people that have kind of been shitting on Denzel. Kind of saying that he's a one-trick pony that has been playing the same... That he's been playing the same uh, character. You know, I don't know about that. But I'll say this. I thought Denzel Washington could have won an Oscar for a lot more movies than Training Day. I thought Training Day was good, but I don't think Training Day was like... I just feel like to play an asshole, when you're an actor, to just play like a mean, tough asshole, I feel like that's so much easier than if you had to play like nice or funny. As a matter of fact, like they say that playing comedy, you know, is fun. I don't think I would really like Denzel in a comedy though. Like if Denzel just automatically just took like the Tyler Perry route... And and I, I think it would be an absolute fucking disaster. I would never want to see that. But how are you not going to see this Abraham Lincoln movie with Daniel Day-Lewis? Somebody told me that Daniel Day-Lewis like shines shoes in France. I don't know if this is true. This is what I heard. I got to look this up. Somebody said that Daniel Day-Lewis gets so engulfed in his characters that he like shines shoes in France. 
as like some low bottom of the totem pole person. You know, he's got money, so it doesn't matter. But like he'll he he just does like this menial crazy like shitty job there to just kind of act like as normal as he can be because he just he gets so crazy like this guy's going to be abraham lincoln like that guy is such on another level of acting that it's amazing you got to see that movie you got to see abraham lincoln not vampire fucking hunter abraham lincoln's getting a lot of play a lot later and a lot later in history i don't understand it you know I want I can't wait to see Thomas Jefferson prostitute smacker. <laughs> just Thomas Jefferson with his fucking socks up to his knees and a white wig just pacing a corner talking about bitch better have my money. Don't she know that I started this shit and you just have these bitches in big dresses running around. <laughs> Thomas Jefferson prostitute smacker and the cover of the DVD is him with this angry expression on his face and a backhand with like a pinky ring and scared like maidens in the background. But I got to see Abraham Lincoln and I got to see Flight. And I didn't see that movie Lawless. Let me know. If you listen to the show, let me know if that movie Lawless was good, worth seeing. The one with... uh, Shia LaBeouf and um, and Tom Hardy, where it's like real brothers, like Western. The coming attraction looked awesome, and then it was in theaters for like 30 hours and left, which isn't a good sign, but I don't know. It looked good. I like guns. I like Westerns. I like violence, people. And I also heard Seven Psychopaths is great. That's the thing like that I loved about Quentin Tarantino. I think it's official to say that I have a movie segment on this show now, even though that I didn't see a movie. But this will be the last thing I say. i got to move on to sports. Time is going really quickly right now. It's because I'm awake. It's because I'm awake and I'm I'm just just rapid-fire shit right now. But after Pulp Fiction, Quentin Tarantino did awful movies. I mean, let's be honest. I think Quentin Tarantino is great at certain things that he does. But I also think there's a lot of things Quentin Tarantino did that makes him really overrated. I probably shouldn't say that because if I ever fucking... Could you imagine if like Quentin Tarantino saw me perform one day in LA and was like, dude, I got a part for you and I'm just feeling guilty? I'm so like prideful and I would feel so bad that I would probably be like, dude, on episode 83 in my podcast, I said that I thought you were good at some shit but overrated at other stuff. Do you still want me in the movie? If you don't, I understand. Let me go home and cry now. But no, Jackie Brown was an absolute fucking disaster. People were sleeping. People were walking out. It was terrible. I think when he gets really gory or does vampire shit or movies where like aliens are coming out or like all that shit that he does, it's really good because I just think Quentin Tarantino is great with like violence, death, and somewhat humor mixed in. For example, the scene in Pulp Fiction where they blew that kid's head off in the back seat. There was brain fragments everywhere, and then they went to Harvey Keitel's house, the cleaner or whatever, or they went to they went to Tarantino's house and the cleaner came. I'm sorry, Harvey Keitel came. That was great. That was great. It was funny. It was completely as brutal and violent, spraying blood off the clothes. It was brilliant. And then all of a sudden, it was shitty. You know. But I just love violence because it's the same way people are fascinated with death. You know, what's better in a movie than seeing somebody get their face blown off or seeing like somebody seeing like a, a shootout and then you just see a bullet fly through somebody's neck. It it it's just it makes you feel alive. 
That's why I got to see Seven Psychopaths because I heard it was like brutally violent. I got to see that. Okay, moving on now. Sports. I don't know if you guys watch this show. Okay, but I watch. I used to not watch it, but now I watch on ESPN in the morning from 10 to 12 when I'm home. I watch uh, First Take with uh, Stephen A. Smith, who I, I love. I know he could be a bit much sometimes, but I think... He plays up that character a little bit, but I think when it comes down to like knowledge and making a good point, he does. Skip Bayless drives me absolutely fucking crazy, and I guess that's his shtick, but he drives me nuts, and it's so annoying. I can't handle it. Like he said, when the Giants had that unbelievable win against you know, the Redskins. Oh, it was luck. Eli just throws it up, and I've heard other people say that Eli Manning will barely look and just throw it up. First of all, if you think that Eli Manning is lucky, if anybody out there thinks that the Giants aren't that good, they're over it, Eli Manning is lucky. Okay? Go to your closest window. Open it. Stick your head where the window connects to the wall and just fucking take the window and hit your temple with it as hard as you can once and then sit down and rethink that fucking ridiculous thought. Okay, this guy had the greatest pass I've ever seen in Super Bowl history to to Mario Manningham. Okay, and he didn't, it wasn't luck. Okay, the David Tyree in Super Bowl 42 helmet catch, that was a miracle. The only thing I give Eli a lot of credit for in that play was getting out of that sack or getting out of those three sacks and then having the awareness to look downfield, see a guy, and put it up for grabs. You got to give him credit for that. But it was a miracle catch. It was bullshit. He shouldn't. It, 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 there's no way you could say that was Eli. But last year, Super Bowl 46, 46 or 47, I think it's 46, that pass to Manningham on the left side where he just dumped it in and Manningham was able to keep his feet in bounds, you're never going to see a better throw than that. That's what Eli Manning does. He makes up his mind and he puts the ball there. He does have a goofy face and it's been hurting him. But that pass to Cruz, he didn't just look up. Yeah, he looked up and saw his receiver fucking motoring past the secondary and he throws up a pass and the guy caught it. That's what he does. Just because he does it quickly, I'm just so sick and tired of people still not giving this guy enough respect. This guy is the fucking best. Understand that. Understand that. That the New York Giants have a quarterback who is the shit. And unfortunately, I said it before and I'll say it again. New York will not truly appreciate Eli Manning having number 10 behind center. Not getting hurt since 2004. And people are like, oh, well, you jinxed it. You know, you jinxed it. Because, you know, you're probably going to jinx it. What? I got like 10 minutes left. All right. Since 2004. Hold on. Is my soup ready? What? Is my soup ready? It's been ready. Okay. I was just asking. No, I wasn't saying it like that. That's so funny. I asked if my soup was ready. She goes, What? Like, like I was doing that thing. Like, Woman! Better make sure that shit's warm. Pull a Thomas Jefferson. <laughs> <laughs> Pimp slapping on you. Uh, what a callback. No. Eli Manning. Okay? He's not been hurt since 2004. People, oh, don't jinx it. No, I've been saying it. He just, he fucking, and if he gets hurt, whatever, man. Like, he gets hurt. It's not fucking because I talked about it on the podcast. I don't believe in that shit. That's so stupid that people actually go to fucking sporting events. They're like, oh, I didn't wear my blue gloves. If the Yankees lose, it's because of that. And the Yankees lose and they go home and they fucking blame themselves. Like the fucking universe was revolving around that person wearing blue fucking gloves. 
as opposed to the ones they wore. It's ridiculous. But what I'm saying is he's not going to be appreciated until he's gone. Unfortunately, that's the way. It's like when you break up with somebody. It's, you know, you realize, ah, oh, that was a good person. What the fuck did I do? It, 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 it's, it's, they did it with Patrick Ewing. I think that a lot of football people in New York love Eli, but he'll always be like, oh, well, you know, he wasn't his brother. Yeah, he's not his brother. He's more clutch than his fucking brother ever was. His brother threw a fucking pick six to lose a Super Bowl, and his brother had lost in the playoffs when the fucking regular season record was 13-3 and on numerous occasions. He's not his brother. He's better than his brother. If you go about Super Bowl championships, road wins, who wins on the road better than the New York Giants and Eli Manning? Nobody does. Nobody does. Period. Goes in anywhere and wins. And Skip Bayless. Oh, yeah, he just looks and throws it up. I can't fuck. And he's a fucking Cowboys fan. I can't stand it. I cannot stand it. I almost want to get so big in my business and become a fucking big time fucking famous celebrity. So like when, because usually when you're a celebrity and you're a sports fan, ESPN has you on. I want to go on there and I want to fucking battle Skip Bayless. But my luck will be, I'll fucking get to this fucking status where they're like, oh dude, this comedian who's doing really well, he loved, let's have him on. And then I go on and Skip Bayless fucking agrees on everything. And I think the guy's a sweetheart and he's not shitting on Eli anymore. That would be my luck. But I want to do that. I want to get to the fucking point where I can sit down with these fucking people and and battle. Because to say that Eli Manning gets lucky still after the roads that he's taken to win two Super Bowls is ridiculous. It's fucking ridiculous. I love Eli Manning. That dude is the shit. That dude is what an athlete should be. He doesn't say the wrong thing. He fucking does his job. He goes home. That guy, they could trash him in the paper and you know he's not even listening. He's home watching a DVD with his fucking wife chilling out, not giving a fuck, living in his mansion going, holy shit, I got two Super Bowls and everybody thought my brother was the guy. That's what that fucking guy does. That guy is the shit, man. Yeah, he got lucky. And I posted on Twitter. Look at it on Twitter. I did it yesterday. I posted the play. For anybody out there who goes, oh, he barely looked or he was throwing fucking off balance or whatever, watch what he does. He looks to the right and he sees that he doesn't have it and he looks to the left and he knows he's got double coverage, but he sees the throw he wants to throw and he fucking laces it in there and it's perfect. In the fucking Super Bowl. And what happened? It worked out. The way that it always does for him. But it's just luck. Fuck that. We got the Knicks coming up. I'm ready for the Knicks. Okay, to beat New Jersey Jets, New Jersey Nets, whatever the fuck it is. They're the New Jersey Nets. They'll always be the New Jersey Nets to me. They're not the Brooklyn Nets. And I don't want to see people walking around with their apparel on like, oh, this is the team from Brooklyn that we always like. No, they fucking played in a swamp in New Jersey. Well, what about the Giants, Paul? You like the Giants and they play in Jersey? Fine, you want to call them the New Jersey Giants? There's not a team in New York, so I'd still fucking root for the Giants if they were Jersey point is there's one team in New York they play at Madison Square Garden and they're the New York Knicks and they've been atrocious and it's been hard but that's the New York team stop it already stop it the Miami Heat I'll say it right now if the Miami Heat stay healthy Ray Allen on that team is going to be the reason why they fucking repeat and it's going to kill me to say and it sucks to say but that's what's going to happen the only team that I'll root for I hate the Lakers but the only team that I'll root when I root for the Lakers will be when they play the Heat because the Heat can't win the game. Ugh. I don't know why I get so fucking crazy about that Eli thing or why I get so crazy about it. Because people don't show respect, man. Got to show respect. I don't like the Eagles. I don't like the Cowboys. 
But if the Eagles or Cowboys won two Super Bowls in the last, you know, whatever, how many years Eli did it in four or five years, and they, you know, Tony Romo or Mike Vick performed the way Eli Manning did and made those big throws, I would have absolutely no problem saying, man, that guy, those guys are the shit, man. Those guys just did it. They won. And yeah, it sucks as a Giants fan, but they did. And there are some good sports fans out there that, that agree. But just, just this whole, like, Eli just throws it up. Yeah, that's what he does. He just throws it up. That's why he's got two rings. That's why the guy's got two fucking rings. Yeah. No, hey, yo, yo, just run down there, dude. Yo, just run down. Just going to throw it up. Triple-double coverage, man. We'll just keep getting lucky. Keep winning on the road. Keep winning Super Bowls. Just, you know, this is an amazing run. I just, you know, I made a wish, and it came true. Fuck out of here. Okay, everybody. Um... So I think we got through some good stuff. We talked about people storming uh, supermarkets. We talked about pumpkins. We talked about some pumpkin carving. Um, we talked about loved ones listening to their comedian loved ones talking on stage and what they think is acceptable or not. Okay, uh, we talked about some movie stuff. I'm going to definitely review that movie, Flight. I want to see it. Please, again, if anybody saw that Lawless, let me know about it because I think that that's one that I want to check out um, unless it's a real piece of shit. Um, and also let me know about that horror movie, Silent Hill 3D, cause I'm just in the mood for gore until November and, um, talked about the Eli thing, got some plugs, by the way, anybody and everybody who saw me at the stand in New York city on Sunday and then on, um, Thursday night, thank you very much for being there. Um, I don't, I, I mentioned that I was filming something. I was taping a half hour. Um, for something that could potentially be awesome and um, you know the club let me stretch out and do my time and put it together and uh, both nights came out great um, it was a really cool problem to have where I had to look at both half hours and choose which one I really wanted to uh, to move forward with and see where it'll get me and um, it was awesome so thank you so much if you were there you were great the support was awesome and um, I, I had a great time and it was one of the tapes where when I looked at it it wasn't weird to look at and as a comic looking at ourselves as the hardest thing you could do it's kind of like listening to your voice or you just watch yourself but i i really actually enjoyed watching myself do 25 minutes never done before that's how i know it's the tape to send out so anybody at the at the shows that night um thank you so much thank you to uh chris lambert for hosting it adrian appalucci for going on um just hilarious man um and, and by the way, Adrian Appalucci, she's been on the show, and she's a dear friend of mine. Uh, Adrian is truly one of the fucking funniest comedians out there. She's got a joke right now where she said some shit about Halloween that, you know, I don't even want to give it away because I don't know if she's going to have it on a tape, but just watch her because she's awesome, and you're going to be seeing a lot of her. She's great. Um, and, and it was just a great night to, to work there at the stand with everybody. So thank you again. And uh, now I'll do some plugs. I got some stuff coming up. And if you're around in that area, please come through. Okay, first off, I have oh, next week on uh, Monday, I will be at Stand Up New York on uh, 78th and Broadway. Then on um, road date, my next road date, uh, this Friday coming up, November 2nd, I will be opening up uh, for Bill Burr. At Harris Casino in New Orleans. My first time ever going there. I'm thrilled. I'm into that Cajun food shit. I'm into drinking whiskey, listening to jazz. It's going to be awesome. We're going to be there for a few days. 7 o'clock and 9 o'clock, Harris Casino. Myself and Bill Burr opening for him. 
uh, it should be great. And I don't get to open for Bill a lot, only a handful of times a year. Um, but uh, this is the last one of the year, so it's going to be awesome. It's going to be in New Orleans. Then on um, Saturday, we're going to fucking LSU, Alabama. Sunday, we're just chilling in New Orleans watching football. And Monday, we're going to Saints, Eagles, Monday night football at the Superdome. It's going to be off the hook. I'm looking forward to it. So um, if you're around, though, go to those shows in that area. Then I come back. And I will be doing a bunch of show. I will be doing um, November 8th. I will be hosting the Cringe Humor Show for the New York Comedy Festival at The Stand. The 9th, I will be taping something for a, um, a internet TV show uh, at The Stand. And then I will be headlining Levity Live in West Nyack, New York. Uh, located upstairs at the Palisades Mall. One of the most beautiful clubs in the country. Um, I will be headlining that Wednesday, November 14th, if you want to come to that. Uh, if you went to the last time I did it uh, several months ago, I will be doing a bunch of different material. So come out, riffing, talking a lot of shit. It's been great. So uh, thank you, guys. Thank you for everything. Um, again, leave your comments if there's anything else you want me to talk about on this podcast show. Like I said, I do this shit for you guys. Um, you guys are listening, so I want to give it to you uh, whatever you want. That's how it works. So thank you. I appreciate it. This has been episode 83. Make sure if you go get a pumpkin, the shit's not fucked up. Like, go get a good one. You know, it's only once a year you do it. Don't let these people give you these bent ones with a smile on their face. Okay? Don't go too late. Don't do what I did. All right, that's it. I hope everybody has a uh, happy, safe Halloween with their kids. If you're on the East Coast, I hope it, it happens. I hope this bitch Sandy doesn't ruin it for you. And um, that's it. So uh, enjoy yourselves, enjoy your families, and until next week, episode 84, I am out of here. Enjoy.